And when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Good morning, Taylor family. Good morning, Taylor friends. Good morning, Taylor Nation. Welcome to Taylor Tabernacle Live, where we are streaming from Philadelphia, where the elder Jonathan E. Ford is our pastor. So this is Women's History Month. This is where we celebrate the accomplishments of women. And and the pastor always, when he when he preaches, he, he teaches. He always talks about the difference between fathers and mothers. He always talks about how fathers, they, they give you the good and the bad. They, they, they're critical. They, they tell you when you do something good, and they tell you when you do something bad. But mothers, a mother's love is unconditional. He always talks about, gives examples of when he does something that wasn't quite but how mama would us always just love him unconditionally. Proverbs 31 and 30 tells us that charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord should be praised. So let's find a mother, let's find a wife, find an aunt, a sister, or a friend. Find a woman who loves and fears the Lord. And let's celebrate her, not only for this month, but every month going forward. Amen? Amen. So at this time, we will have our scripture reading, and I invite everyone to please stand on their feet. Everyone who was able, in honor of the reading of God's word, we will be reading Psalm, the 24th Psalm. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. And if you are there, you will find these words. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Selah, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let us pray. As the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the blessing of seeing just one more day. A day that you have prepared for us. And although we do not know what is in store, we put our faith and we put our trust in the one that has prepared it. 
So, Lord, we lift up to you all we love, all who we care for, and just ask that you remember them. May your peace and joy fill our cups till it runs over, and may your grace sustain us from day to day. We thank you for being our healer. We thank you for being our protector, and we thank you for being our provider. We thank you for every good thing that comes from your hands. And Lord, we ask a special blessing for our pastor as he prepares to bring forth the message. We ask that you give him the tongue of the learned, that he may speak a word in season to him that is weary. We commit this day to you and ask that you go before us in the name of the only begotten, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. And at this time, we will turn the service over to our praise and worship team. And let's give them an amen as they come forward. Come on, everybody, this morning. We're going to bless the name of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, lift your hands, clap your hands, stand on your feet, and give him some glory this morning. Hallelujah. This is, come on, everybody, you know it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made, I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Made me glad. I will. I will rejoice for He has made me glad. He 
come on, amen. Give him glory. Lift his name up this morning. Who am I that he is mindful of me? Who am I that he calls me friend? Oh, I'm so glad about that this morning. He calls me friend. The creator of all calls me friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should get excited about that this morning. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call? Is it you, oh Lord? Is it you that you are thinking of me? How you love me? How you love me? It's amazing. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? Oh, you're mindful of me, Lord. How you love me. Oh, you love me, Lord. When I call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it true that you are thinking of me?
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Here I am, Lord. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to call you my God. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to call you my God. Here we are to usher in the presence of the Lord this morning. I invite you to lift your hands and lift your voice and worship. Worship. Worship the Lord God Almighty this morning. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. These are all familiar to come on. Join in with us. Hallelujah. 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 Yo! No. 
never know. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to
Good morning, and God bless you. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that this day is better than yesterday. Yesterday we had rain and snow and sleet. We woke up this morning to the bright sunshine, felt warm on our face, felt the wind blow in our hair. It let us know that we were yet alive. Not only are we alive, our God is alive. We used to sing a song in the old church. God's not dead, but he's yet alive. Feel him in my hands. Feel him in my feet. I feel him all. Oh, my God. I don't know about you. I'm glad I serve the true and living God. Not a dead God. Not a wooden God. He's alive. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I bless his name. I bless his name. And because he lives, we shall also live. One glad morning. Yeah, yeah. When this life is over, we shall all fly away. And we'll meet him. We'll meet him. We'll meet him in the air. Woo! Yes. Yeah, he's alive. He's alive. We serve a living God. He's not dead. There's an empty tomb to prove he's alive. Woo! Yes. Yes. He's alive. He's not dead. He's not in the grave. The stone is rolled away. My God. Your God. He's alive. Yes, yes, the true and living God, I'm glad about it, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Somewhere 
give the Lord a praise. Yeah. that unction in the Holy Ghost. There it is. He's stirring me. He's stirring me again on the good words.
better hurry up and preach this Sunday. Lord, help us. I'm going to take advantage of you while you're standing. Let's go to the Word of God. This morning, I'm going to be coming out of Luke, the seventh chapter, verses 11 through 16. You have your Bibles. The Gospel of St. Luke, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 11. I'm also going to add to the witness this morning out of the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Now, if you're there in our primary text, you'll find this story. It says, now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. Many of his disciples went with him as well as a large crowd. When he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and his mother was also a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the city. The Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came. And he touched the open coffin. And those that carried him stood still. And he said to the young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he, being Jesus, presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all. They glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. Amen. Isn't that a good word? Now to the witness out of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, beginning, beginning at verse 1. I want three, but I'm just, all oh, this one and two is so good, I'm just going to add it. How many know you can never have too much word? 
The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because thou hast anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prisons to those who are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to console those that mourn in thine. Here it is. And to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness and the very planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Somebody in the house say amen. Oh, bless his name. For the few moments that remain, I want to preach from the subject, Weeping Women Win. Weeping Women Win. Our God and our Father, we turn our face now toward the holy mount of God. We come to you because thou alone has the words of eternal life. Thou alone can save us from our sins. Thou alone can heal our brokenheartedness. And thou alone can set the captives free. Thou alone can heal all our sickness. Hallelujah. And thou alone can present us faultless before the Father and his holy angels. So we set our gaze and our affection and our attention toward the mountain of God. That we might hear something from the mountain of God that will help us in this life's journey. And so we wait humbly and patiently in our tent doors, even as the children of God did in the plains of Moab. Speak, Lord. We will hear. Move in and among us, and we shall be filled. This is our prayer. And we ask it in the name your Son, the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. And all of God's people said amen, amen, amen again. You may be seated all over the sanctuary. Weeping women win. Now it happened, in verse 11, the day after, that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him, and there was also a large crowd. Jesus has now, on the day prior, been in the city of Capernaum. And there, 
he performed a great miracle. That miracle was the healing of the centurion's servant. What made this miracle so great is that the centurion, although he was a Gentile, not a Jew, had such great faith and belief in Jesus that he told his servant, he said, tell Jesus, if he would just say the word, I believe that my servant would be healed. He said, you don't have to come. You don't have to enter my house. You don't have to lay hands on my servant. He said, I believe that if you just say the word, my servant will recover. And in light of this great faith, Jesus turns to the uh, following crowd and says, I have never seen such great a faith in all of Israel. Not in the temple, not from among my own people, but this centurion, this Gentile, has expressed a level of faith in me that is simply remarkable. And they go back to the centurion's house, and in fact, his servant had recovered. And the fame and the popularity of Jesus now begins to spread aboard. And it is with that in the backdrop that he leaves from Capernaum, and he comes to the city of Nain. And this, this city, this, this name that has been attributed to this place called Nain, Nain means a place of green pastures or a place that is beautiful and delightful. Okay? That's what the city of Nain. And so someone has attributed or given this name to this locale, this city, this town. He said, we're going to call this place Nain because Nain represents a place of green pastures and a beautiful and delightful place. Okay? So he's coming from Capernaum where he's done a great work. And the crowds are with him. And then he comes to Nain, which is a beautiful and delightful place. Now verse 12 says, Now when he came near the gate of the city, said, Behold, a dead man was being carried out. And this dead man was the only son of his mother, and she was also a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And so Jesus is leaving Capernaum, leaving a place of miracles. He's now coming to the city of Nain, which is a beautiful place, which is a prosperous place. But when he gets to the gate, instead of meeting beauty and instead of meeting joy, he encounters a dead man. He encounters a dead man, and the text also tells us that not only was uh, uh, this funeral procession coming out of the city, but this particular man was the only son of his mother. And not only was she has now lost her son, but the text also tells us she was also a widow. 
And so now Jesus leaves Capernaum with a crowd. And now this crowd is, is in when I was imagining it, I likened it to a victory parade. Because in this crowd, there was a lot of excitement. Everybody was excited to be around Jesus. In this particular crowd with Jesus, there was a lot of enthusiasm. Everybody, everybody was on the edge waiting to see what he would do next. In this crowd, there was great joy because there were many others who were also being healed. There were many others who was also being delivered. So Jesus and his, his followers, there is a, a, an uproar, a sense of excitement, and a sense of enthusiasm, and a sense of great joy. But yet when it gets to the gate of Nain, which is a beautiful place, which has green pastures, which is lush, fruitful, and uh, plentiful, he comes to the gate and encounters death. And in this funeral procession, you got Jesus and his crowd. Now you have the woman and her crowd. And in her crowd, there is sadness. The loss of a loved one. Not only is there sadness, but there's also sorrowful. Sorrowfulness. They were so sad and sorrowful, not only because of the death of the son, but because of the plight or the condition of the woman. Because now she now has lost her. And the Bible said he was a dead man. So this is not the death of a baby boy. This is a, a young man who had come into his own and by and many... Uh, and by my estimation, was probably supporting his mother. So now she loses her son and has previously lost her husband. So the crowd was weeping for her, not because of her just her present circumstance, but her future looked bleak. Are you with me? And so look, I, I need you to juxtapose these two crowds. You got one crowd that is excited, happy, and enthusiastic. Then you have another crowd that is sad, sorrowful, and experiencing great pain. Now here we are, verse 30, verse 13. And then it says, when Jesus, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. How in the world could she not? No son. No husband. No future, no inheritance, no, no father home to go back to. Yet Jesus tells her to do something that seems literally impossible to do. He asks her, he tells her, he says, do not weep. 
I'm going to tell you this, if you walk long enough with the Lord, every now and again, He's going to challenge your faith by asking you to do something that seems impossible. But how many of us know that with God all, I wish I had my real church right now, the Bible said he looked at her and he had compassion on her. The writer of Lamentation tells us it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed and because his compassions, they fail not. Oh my goodness, they are new every morning, so much so that great is the faithfulness of our God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God has compassion for me. I don't always get it right. I don't always do it well. But great is the faithfulness of our God. His compassion, they felt. Look at somebody and say, Great is thy faithfulness. And he sets out to prove to this weeping widow how faithful our God can be. So in spite of her sorrow, in spite of her sadness, in spite of her situation, great is, great is, great is. Then he does something that is shocking. The Bible says, after speaking to the woman, he comes over to the casket of the dead man. And the Bible said he stretched out his hand and touched the coffin. Now, you and I don't appreciate the significance. Because we've grown up with folks going to funerals. We've seen people touch the casket. We've seen people lay on the casket. I've been at some funerals, some folks try to climb in. What in the world? So for you and I to have Jesus touch the casket may not seem like a big deal. But in reality, it was a very big deal. Because... In Jewish culture and religion, to touch anything dead was a ceremonial defiling act. Let me give you a witness. Numbers 19 and 13 says, Whoever touches the dead body of any man that is dead and purifieth not himself, defileth the tabernacle of the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from Israel. So if you touched 
a dead body, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you were put out of the camp and could not go to the tabernacle for worship. Jesus, knowing the situation, still stretched out his hand and touched the coffin. And the Bible said that he opened his mouth and he spoke. He had already spoken to the woman. He had stopped speaking to his followers. Nor did he speak to those in the funeral procession. But the Bible said he spoke to the dead man. And he said, young man, with one word, Jesus said, arise, arise, get up, get up, you're no longer dead, but you shall live again. And if Jesus can speak to a dead man, how much more can he speak to our dead situations, our dead problems, our dead issues? The Lord said, arise, arise, arise. Yes. Get up. Get up. We've been women. Always win. Yes. Yes. Where are the weeping women? Where are the women of mourning? Your God says, get up, get up, get up. It's not over. You're not dead. Your life is not dead. Your situation is not dead. I dare you to pray. I dare you to pray. Yes. Yes. Yes again. He's not dead. He's yet alive. God's not dead. He's yet alive. Feel him in my head, feel him in my feet, I feel him all, all over me. Get up, get up. 
not over because weeping women always win weeping women. Yes. Yes. He's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. It's not over. Woo! Yes! Go for it! Go for it, women! Glorify your God! He's turning it around! Every dead thing, every dead situation, he's turning it around. Yes, yes, weeping women, weeping women, always, always, always win. Yes, yes, yes again, yes to the Father, yes to the Son, yes to the Spirit. But in the morning, 
in the morning after a good night's sleep. Joy! Woo! My God, joy, joy has returned to the city of Maine. Woo! My, 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 my God. Glory to God. There's joy in my city. There's joy in my soul. We think may endure for a night, but joy. Weeping women always win because his compassion they fail not every morning every every rising of the sun. His compassions fail not. That's why weeping women win. Because great is his faithfulness. Morning, my morning. doesn't matter that it's dead. It doesn't matter that there's no sign of life, no sign of hope, no sign of a future. Great is, great is, great is. That's why weeping women That's why weeping women Always Always Touch three people and tell them we win We win we have the victory by Christ Jesus. We win, children of God. Always, always, always. We win, 
Conversation with Jesus. But the widow from Nain never said a word. The centurion said, Jesus, I know what it's like to be an authority because I have men under me. If I say go, they go. If I say come, they come. If I say if this needs to be done, it is done. 
when Jesus heard what he said, he said, no greater faith have I seen in all Israel. But when he came to the weeping widow, the story's right there. She never said a word. And I'm here to tell you women, sometimes your greatest prayer is silence. Because in your attempt, in our attempt, to explain to God our situation, we mess the whole thing up. Sometimes it's just better. To just stand in his presence. The doctor already said it. The word of God comes to us and says, and be still. And see the salvation of your God. And I'm glad he said that to the widow at Nain. Because I don't think she kept silent because of her theological understanding of the law. I don't think that's why she was silent. I don't think she stayed silent because she had read the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and understood the prophetic language of the prophets. This is just me talking. I don't believe that's why she was quiet. I believe she was quiet because of the pain she was experiencing. I believe the widow of Nain was quiet because she was looking at a future with no sunshine. I believe the widow of Nain was quiet because no words could express how she felt. I've already suffered the loss of my husband. But at least I had my son. But now the one thing that I had left, God has taken from me. So I believe the widow of name was quiet. Simply because she was empty. She had nothing left. Had given her youthfulness to her husband. Had given her wisdom and care to her son. They died and took all of it with them. And like Naomi, she was left empty. The only strength she had left was to see her son buried. That's it. That's it. All I can do. After that, I don't know what. Don't ask me about next week. Don't ask me what. I don't know what I'm going to do. But the Bible said Jesus saw her. And I want you to understand that this was more than just a visual or an ocular connection. I don't mean he saw her because she was in the front. I don't mean that he saw her because she was. He saw her, meaning he saw where she was. He saw into her. 
The Bible said he is acquainted with our grief. He knows what it's like. Jesus says, I know. And as a result of seeing her pain, seeing her hurt, knowing, knowing what her future was projected to be, he said, don't weep. Because your life is not over. And that's what he says today. To every weeping woman. He says, your life is not over. I know what's going on with you and your husband. Some of you have a husband, but they're dead. Some of you have sons, daughters, but they're dead to you. No reciprocation of love. No, no, no fellowship or comfort in the spirit. And while they physically live, they are dead to you. But Jesus sees you right where you are. And I know it's no crowd around you. And I know there's a whole lot of noise in your life. But first he speaks to you. And then he speaks for you. He spoke to her first. I see. So don't weep in his own. And after speaking to her, he spoke for her. Knowing she probably wished she could have one more conversation. If I could just tell my son I love him one, just one more time. I don't need a life, one time. He could live another day. I can just embrace him. Love on him. Tell him how much he means to me. She couldn't speak to him. But God could. So he spoke for her. And with one word, he turned her whole life all the way around. That thing that was dead, he brought it back to life. He resurrected it. And I believe that's what he wants to do for you. Whatever that dead place, that dead area in your life that you are currently weeping over. I came to tell you he sees you. I came to tell you he knows exactly. He could have gone to so many other cities. He could have gone to so many other places. But he went to a city called Nain. Why? Because there was a weeping widow. So he'll come to you. Just open your heart to him. Even if you can't say anything. This is what you need in times when you can't pray. I love it when people say, oh yeah, just pray. Sometimes you can't pray. But even when we can't speak to him, we have a God that will speak to us. 
So today as we close out this message, you're here this Sunday. You don't know the Master. You don't know the one who was once dead, but is now alive forevermore. Why won't you give him your life today? Why won't you stretch your hand out to him? He knows that you're weeping. He knows why you're weeping. Let the master speak to you. Let him speak for you. And let him turn your life around. Every head bowed. All of our eyes closed. Lord Jesus, we humbly come into your presence. Thank you for seeing us exactly where we are. Thank you for seeing us exactly how we are. Lord Jesus, thank you for turning our life around with your compassion and your mercy and your great faithfulness. So save our souls from sin and fill our hearts with your love and your compassion. Cause us to become examples of your light and your love. May we always remember that weeping women always win. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day. We thank you for this message. Thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. And for this, we give you praise. We say amen, amen, and amen again. God bless you, Taylor. As I leave the pulpit, let's give the Lord the best praise. Come on, give him a hand clap. He deserves, he deserves, he deserves a standing ovation. We applaud you. We celebrate you. We exalt thee. We exalt thee, O oh Amen. Amen. Good word this morning. Amen. Amen. I just want to say this one quick thing. For those of you who are watching online via YouTube and Facebook, and you can see that we were having a Holy Ghost party here. But what I want you to know, the beauty of YouTube and Facebook, maybe you're all right, but you know somebody. We always see these intervention shows on TV where people confront their friends with their issues because they know that whatever's going on to that person in the streets, they're dead. Bring them to this video. Amen. Bring them to the Word of God. This is not just for our viewing, but we can reach out to a friend and say, hey, come here. Let's go watch this thing on YouTube. 
so that the Lord can touch them where they are. Amen. And if you desire prayer, if you want to contact us about questions, you have questions for the pastor, you want to tell the pastor, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. What do I do next? Or how do I join Taylor Tabernacle? Go right to our website, www.taylortabernacle.com. You can see the prayer request, the contact us request, everything you need. Amen? Amen. But let's let this word go forth. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now it is time for another part of our worship service. It's called offering time. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we know, there are three, well, there's really four ways to give if you're here. There's another one. But there are three ways to give if you're uh, not joining us this morning. The first is by the uh, texting, and you can text um, a mat- text the code TAYLOR61, T-A-Y-L-O-R-61, to the phone number 73256, and you'll receive a link with instructions on how to give. You can give through our website. You can go to taylortabernacle.com slash giving and follow the instructions there. You can give by U.S. mail where you can send a check or money order to Taylor Tabernacle, P.O. Box 6309, Philadelphia, PA, 19139. Amen. And also, if you are joining us in the sanctuary, we have the uh, offering cards or the, the envelopes, and there will be two baskets right there in the windowsill by the door as you exit. You can place it either in the tithe and offerings basket or for our speaker, for the pastor. Amen? Amen. Now I'm going to move on to our announcements. Amen? The pastor and all of the leadership team, we want to welcome you for joining us this Sunday. We're getting close where everybody can come back. But even when everybody comes back, we know some people are still going to join us online. But we welcome all of you every Sunday. Amen? Amen. It's good to see your face here. It's good to see the comments if you're online, to know that our community, our family is still together. Amen? Amen. 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 And apart from Sunday, if you do not know, we are having Bible study and prayer service Every Wednesday night, amen. And right now we're going through the Lent season, and the women are leading us in prayer and Bible study for the month of March. Service starts at 7, it goes from 7 to 8.30, and it's via Google Meet. And so with, if you need the link, here's another way. If you go to our, our website or you can't reach out to a church member and you need the Google link, and contact us. Say, hey, I need the link to join in on Wednesday night, and we'll make sure we get it to you. Amen? Amen. And also let us remember that for the Lent season, we are giving up red meat, although today is what? The Lord's Day. Amen? So we're not fasting on Sundays, but we fast during the week. Amen? And if you get a craving during your fast, pray. Amen? That means there's some hole in you. Pray to the Lord. Let him fill that hole. Amen? Amen. Amen. To be drawn closer unto him. Uh, on March 27th, and everyone say March 27th. Guess who's going to be our guest speaker? Bishop Doris Ford. Amen? Amen. We haven't seen our friend for a while. We haven't seen our bishop for a while. 
but she will be bringing the Word of God on March 27th. So let us get excited. Let us be make, make sure we are here and tuning in to hear her deliver the Word. Amen? Now I want to talk about our garden, the garden announcements, Bethel, AME, Ardmore, Victory Gardens, and the Black Church Food Security Network have generously invited Taylor Tabernacle and the Garden at Turning the Tide to co-sponsor a new monthly webinar series entitled Black Farmers Growing Food and Power. This month's topic is farming while black in Philadelphia. Join Krista Barfield, Farmer John, uh, Farmer John Agricultural and Vivaleaf Pico, that's the name of the, where she's from, and Chris Bolden Newsom from St. Kofa Community Farm and True Love Seeds to learn about their work as regenerative farmers, land workers, and leaders on Thursday, March 17th at 7.30. You can see the flyer for additional details about the speakers, co-sponsors, and Zoom information. So that would be this coming Thursday, right? I do have my dates right. Yeah, 17th, this coming Thursday. Now, spring is around the corner, and the garden will be officially reopened in April. Spring is around the corner, and the garden will be officially reopening in April. This year, we will take the garden to the next level with raised beds and trellises. The video you're watching is what the garden will look like this year. You can see the individual beds that will protect the vegetables, the two trellises that will support four types of seedless grapes, and the structures that will support the tomatoes and the melons. In preparation for the grand reopening of the garden, we will build the structures Saturday, March 19th. We invite anyone who is interested in contributing to building the structures to join us in the garden on March 19th. If you would like to volunteer on March 19th, please send an email to info at turningthetidephilly.org. That's info at turningthetidephilly.org. We are excited to begin the garden season with beautifying the land, and we look forward to seeing you in the garden. Any of the church leadership, the deacons, the deaconesses, or look on our website. So we want to make sure that we're out here giving maximum effort to build up this garden. Amen? Amen. So, because let's remember that when it comes to this farming, it's becoming a forgotten skill. All of us grew up in cities and suburbs, and we don't really know what nature can do. We're so used to working when, when you watch a seed get planted and grow, you see what God does. When he works. So this is a skill that is valuable to us. And let's come out and support our church. Amen? Amen. 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 So with that, I just want to remind you, if you have a prayer request or any questions, please join us at www.taylortabernacle.com. And you will find on the menu what you need. And if you don't find it, go to contact us and ask the question, and we will answer it. Amen. And one last thing, you can also call our church number at 215 215- 748-4578. You leave a message, we will get back to you there as well. Amen? With that, I want to bring back out our pastor for the benediction. Shall we all stand? Tell the nation you've done it again. I really want to appreciate you 
for your attentiveness to the Word of God, to all that has been said and done for the glory and the upbuilding of his kingdom. I do ask that you remember the Radcliffe family, remember them, the loss of their son. Thank you to all those who participated in yesterday's memorial service. But like many of us, if not all of us, who have lost loved ones, the hardest days are after, after, and all the preparation and all the planning and the energy and this and that, because it's in the days after that the calls cease. In the days after that prayers get fewer and fewer. It's in the days and weeks after that meals stop coming to the house. Everybody else gets back to their normal life but you. If you lost a loved one, you know what I'm talking about. It's the days after. So I'm just going to ask you to be, remain prayerful. How about we do that? That we can do. And especially for this family who has countless times been there for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Reverend Radcliffe, Deaconess Radcliffe, we love you. I want to continue to pray for you, Reverend Lyons, Deaconess Kamala Lyons. We're going to continue to pray for you. Trey, we're lifting you up, your wife, your boys. We're praying the strength of God would be your portion. Am I right about it? Come on, let's bow our heads, lift our hearts unto God. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with everlasting good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, Tell the Nation. See you next time.